but I ask that you would be kind and repeat after me this morning, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now may the God of heaven add a blessing to the reading, the hearers, and the doers of his word. We may be seated. We are so thankful to God who is worthy to be praised. We are thankful to those of you who have made the journey down this morning to worship God in spirit and in truth. We are thankful for the goodness, the mercies, the blessings on a daily basis that God gives us each day of our lives. God is still a good God, and he is better to us than we can be to ourselves. And looking in the audience on this morning and looking in the back, I see that God is as good uh, to you as he is to me. Uh, you are alive and vibrant. You are living. You are moving. You are doing well this morning, and we are just thankful to God for all that he does for us. It's good to be a part of the church. <clears throat> I don't, I don't, <laughs> it's good to be a part of the church. The Bible says on the first Pentecost, after the resurrection of Christ, Peter, standing with the eleven, stood up and proclaimed the glorious gospel. About 3,000 souls were saved. They were added to the church. The church is the family of God. Christ is the head of the church. Ephesians 5 and 23 says he's the head of the church and he's the savior of the body. If you are in the church that means that you are saved. The church consists of the saved and the saved makes up the church. Nobody outside of the church is saved. Nobody saved, not saved, is going to go to glory. All of us who are saved are on our way to heaven. And it just seems like to me, somebody ought to be excited about taking a trip to heaven. Oh, you're not going to help a preacher this morning. I want to make mention of these things before we get into the lesson. Y'all doing all right this morning? As y'all can see, I'm doing fine on today. Notice perhaps in the um, leadership, we are trying to meet with certain groups, certain people, whatnot, and we're, we're really wanting to implement a number of things at the church, whether it be new convert class, whether it be men develop, developmental class, uh, for continual leadership, and not just continual leadership in the church, but continuing to develop men for leadership in the home. Before you can demonstrate leadership in the church, it first of all must be demonstrated in your house. And when that is seen in the house, then God says, now I'll let you come demonstrate it in, in my house. Leadership on this, uh, of the church in that of continuing to build on it. Uh, we want to see more elders. We want to see more deacons. We want to see more, more guys knowing and how to preach the gospel. Uh, we want to see men heading their homes and women 
standing beside those men. And, and, and we want to most definitely encourage our parents, bring your children to Bible class. We, and, and you know, it's not that we don't have children. Look, look around. We got a whole, like, 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 like Breon at the school. Uh, we got buku children in the church. A whole lot of children up in here. And God told you parents, train up a child in the way he should go. And when you bring them to Bible study, that is helping you Train your children in the way they should go. And so uh, we want to be encouraging to our parents, bring your children to Bible study. Teachers are working on their lessons and they're in the classrooms and all they need is your children to be there as a student, right? So we encourage your parents, bring them, bring them to church, bring them to Bible study. Uh, I've had the privilege for some, oh, let's see 16, whatever years it is, I've been here. Um, I used to keep up with the dates, uh, uh, the year. I think it's about 16 years I've been here as the minister of the church. Um, I've had the privilege to consul, premarital consul, postmarital consul, uh, marry some great folk in the church. And if I would ask them to stand up right now, you would see marriages stand up all over the church. I had the privilege not long ago uh, to marry last Sunday other great young folk uh, in the church who have been here for a while uh, in that of Brother Steph Lewis and Sister Rashida Keith uh, were married on last Sunday. And uh, where, where's, where's Rashida and, and, and Brother Keith? Uh, they're hiding. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to be seen. But they were married on last Sunday. And myself, Brother John, and others who had the privilege to be there and our wives to witness uh, them in holy matrimony, and we pray God that he continue to bless them uh, as they uh, continue their journey in marriage. It's a good thing when a man finds a wife. That's Bible, y'all. <laughs> it's a good thing when a man finds a wife. Genesis chapter 3, be finding Genesis chapter 3. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 3. We welcome those who are viewing us online. We thank God for your presence on this morning. Those who will watch after this live worship, we thank God for you watching as well and hope that this message can be life-changing, life-altering to you or deepen your relationship with God. Genesis 3, notice verse 1. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. If you're there, verse 1, say amen. <clears throat> now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Is that in your Bible? You know, a snake... Uh, is a very beautiful creature. Now you might be afraid of it, but a snake is very beautiful in its, in its appearance. Watch a snake, look at the design that is on the snake. And when God made the serpent, the snake, the reptile, it was, it was not what it is today. I'm not going to go into it, but there was something about the snake in the, in the garden that's different than the snake today. The Bible says, now the serpent was more subtle, watch this, than any beast of the field, watch this, which the Lord God had made. And he said, Unto the woman who did the serpent. Now, I want you to see something in Genesis 3. And uh, 
I'm just going to just open the window this morning. Moses does not name, call, declare, or pronounce the serpent the devil. He calls him the serpent. Y'all follow me this morning? Well, watch this in the reading. And he said unto the woman, who did? The serpent. Yea, had God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the who? The serpent. He, he, he was different than every other creature in that garden. There was something that God put in the serpent that he did not put in any other beast of the field. The serpent had wisdom. The serpent had intelligence. The serpent was crafty. The serpent had skill. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye what? Touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God do it know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. God told Adam, don't you eat from the tree in the midst of the field. And the eyes of them both were open. The devil told the truth, y'all here. Did you hear what I said? The devil told the truth here. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And the voice, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, in the breeze of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. I like what the Bible does. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden, something broke. They were naked and they were not ashamed. Genesis chapter 2, 23, 24. They were naked and they were not ashamed. But when they sinned against God, something broke. There was a sense of innocency that was there before that ran away. There was guilt now. They were not ashamed before. Fear entered into man for the very first time. And whenever, and whenever Guilt comes, fear comes with it. And then we start to blame and look at other people for our own sins. Something like we're studying with Saul. When he sinned against God, guilt comes in. Fear comes in. And then you start attacking other people because of your own bad decisions. The Bible says, watch this here. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree be desired to make one wise, she took up the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did. I wonder if I was Adam, would I have eaten? Now, I know some of y'all talk about Eve behind her back. And say, Eve was wrong, but Adam was just as wrong as Eve and even more so than Eve because God directly gave it to him. He got the info first. And the thing about it is, it's when you look at Genesis 3, and I've told you this time and time again, so ain't no news, so don't get happy and shout about it. Genesis 3, Job 1, Luke 15, 
all my three chapters and books, those three. And that's why I try to key in and zero and focus in. In Genesis 3, God does not make mention the devil, but in Genesis 3, verse 15. And then he don't call him a devil. He don't call him Satan. He's called it something else. But God is dealing with that serpent in the garden. My question to you would be, why does God deal with the serpent? The serpent, y'all. Let's read this thing here. And verse 7. Are you still with me? Say amen. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. Verse 7. And they sewed fig leaves together and made them aprons. Verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. Anytime you start running in the opposite direction of God, your antennas ought to go up. God among the trees of the garden. And you see, <laughs> everything is happening for the first time. They're brand new at this. Fear, they never felt it in their life. Guilt, never felt it in their life. For the first time, something was stripped. Something, as I may mention, broke in the garden. God had protected Adam and Eve. And uh, physically and spiritually, and when the spiritual innocence broke, guilt came on them to the point where they were walking around the garden naked. Don't try this at home. Walking around naked in the garden. And when they took of the fruit, the Bible says, now they began to what? Sow fig leaves. Their eyes were open. They were filled with guilt. Fear, and watch verse number 9. And the Lord God called unto who? Adam. And said unto Adam, where art thou? Where, you know, God walking in the cool of the day, and God, some scholars say he would come, and God would come walking in the cool of the breeze of the day because he owned the garden. It was his garden. Whatever belongs to you, you can do as you will. And God would come. He didn't ask for any permission. Just like in the church, God does not ask in permission, any permission. That's why in Revelation, it's an ugly picture when Jesus is knocking on the outside of one of the churches of the seven churches there in Asia Minor. And he's asking to come on in. It's an ugly picture whenever Jesus is on the outside of his own church. God walks in the cool of the day. And he says, Adam, where are you? And he said, I heard thy voice, listen, in the garden. And I was what? Never before you were afraid of me. Watch God. Listen, watch, pay attention to the language between the creator and the created. Because I was afraid, because I was what? Naked. You've been naked all this time, bro. Watch this, watch this. And I hid Myself, I, I can't deal with all this. He says, I heard the voice of God. I feared God. I am naked. I hid myself. And he said, verse 11, who told you? Who I wish I had. I, who told you? Who told you that thou was naked? Was naked? Has thou eaten? of the tree whereof I commanded you that thou shouldest not eat. Don't you love the English? Old English, don't you love it? Huh? Thou shouldest not eat. And the man said, that's, what, that's why Adam had to man up, but he, but he didn't. Mm -mm. He didn't man up when the woman said, here, baby, eat here. Here's sugar. Eat. If you eat this fruit, I'll give you a, I'll give you a sweet kiss. You ain't going to never, you never had a kiss like this before. Take her, this sweet baby. I don't know what Eve told Adam, but he ate. And God, watch this here. And he said, who told you that thou was naked? And, and thou hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, watch his answer. The woman 
whom look what what what's the English? The woman whom thou gavest to me, to or rather to be with me. I ain't asked you for her. You gave me this. Remember, God said Adam and his wife, but now she's just a woman. And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did. Very elementary, if you watch this, if you listen to it. Adam, is, Adam named all the animals, but he was still in elementary. He says, you gave her to me. But I gave her to you, Adam, because you had a need, uh, you had a need, uh, you had a need uh, that you didn't know you needed. So I provided you. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? This is where as a preacher you take your lesson that you had, you throw it up, you ball it up, throw it, and you just go ahead right over there. He says, and thou, and the Lord God said unto the who? The Lord God said unto who? Remember, y'all, it's God, the woman, and Adam. Yeah, the serpent is there. Yeah, you know, the devil took control of the serpent. But God still deals with that serpent. And so, God deals with that serpent. My question is, why? If he was underneath the control of Satan, why God going to deal with the serpent? The devil made me do it. If anybody, if anybody can say the devil made me, that serpent. But there was something in the serpent that God did not put in any other beast of the field. He says, what is this that thou has what? Who was he speaking to? The woman. When God came in that garden, he told Adam, where are you, Adam? I'm hiding. Why? I heard your voice. I'm hiding. Why? I'm scared. Of whom? You? Why? I'm naked. Did you eat? Yes. Why did you eat? Didn't I tell you not to eat of the tree? It's like a father talking to his young son. Because that's exactly whom Adam was. The young son of God. He was but an elementary. And the Lord God said unto the, watch verse, latter part of verse number 13. And the woman said, the serpent. I, I just want you to see this. Beguiled me. The serpent deceived. God gave the serpent the ability to deceive. The devil came. Watch this now. I want you to see this. Just like the devil would tempt you, he tempted the serpent. <laughs> Watch this here. I don't have the time to deal with everything because thou hast done this. Listen. Thou art cursed. Y'all missed miss this. Because thou hast done this. Y'all ain't shouting. Because thou hast done this. Who? Satan? Uh-uh. The serpent. You, you're missing the text. What? He, he, he ain't talking to the devil. The devil gonna get his when Christ. But the serpent is gonna get a curse. Because God gave the serpent something that he did not give any other creature. Thou art cursed above all cattle, listen, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou what? Upon your belly? Y'all, the, the, the snake wasn't on his belly. One scholar says he stood up. It's amazing when you watch snakes now. The cobra will stand up, but he don't stand up all the way. But he stand up partially. Ooh, I try to tell y'all that snake ain't the same like he used. God says, 
You're going to crawl on your belly and the dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Is a snake still on his belly? Is he still eating dust today? And I will put enmity. Here it is. Between thee and the woman. This is where he speaks of the devil now. And between thy seed and her seed. And he shall bruise thy head. And thou shalt bruise his heel. And here's where he talks about both Satan and pro prophetically. Satan and, and Christ here. Uh, unto the woman he said. I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband. And he shall rule. I'm going to stop right there. Relationships. <laughs> Life is about relationships. When one is born, he or she comes into what? Relationships. When one enters the home for the very first time, he or she comes and they enter into relationships. When one is old enough to go off to school, they enter into relationships. When one gets married, they come into a family of relationships. When one starts a job, a new career, they enter into relationships. When you play sports, you enter relationships. Even when you become a part of the church of God, we enter what? Relationships. We are social beings, and we need to be in the presence of social beings. God, I believe, says it best in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18. It is not good for the man to be alone. Therefore, I will what? Make him help me. The best relationship one can enter is the relationship between man and his creator. God started our relationship practice or process with us before we were born. According to Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse number 5, God tells Jeremiah, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. God says, I knew what you were going to be before you were even born. The better the relationship is with our God, the better our relationship would be with others. My relationship with others are predicated upon the greatness of the relationship that I have with my God. If you want a good relationship with people, then better your relationship with God. Build a strong relationship with God. God is our creator. God is our father. God took Adam from the dust of the ground and who, who better, who knows what mankind need, which is a loving father, a, a creator and a sustainer who wants to build a, a relationship, an intimate relationship, a close fellowship with mankind. Now one must understand we cannot enter into this relationship with God and base it on our own terms. See, people want a relationship and they want to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, with whom they want to do it with, for how long they want to do it. When you enter a relationship with God, it is not on your terms. You might try that with people, but you cannot try that with God. God, not uh, God would not allow us to set our own rules, not to his relationship. We must follow the ruleship of God when we are in a practicing relationship with God. God is our counselor and we are the patients. God is our father and we are his children. God provides us with guidance and we should follow. Point number one, problems in your relationship problems in your relationship and all of us all of us will run through problems in relationships i don't care who you are you you will run into problems with relationship and if you never run into it the problems will run into you oh yeah they'll run the problems will find you trouble will find you trouble knows everybody's 
address problems in your relationship check your relationship with God if you are experiencing problems in your relationships as a Christian uh, then I remind you you ought to take a checkup brother Brown from the neck up with your God uh, you ought to check up your relationship with your God uh, because when you got problems in relationships on the earth it's because you might be experiencing problems in your relationship with God you ought to ask yourself, how can I have a healthy relationship with others? And the answer is uh, the same way we have one with God. See, God was the first, Adam's first relationship was not with Eve, it was with God. And God says, here's I'm going to treat you, Adam. And God already foreseen what he was going to give Adam with Eve. And just as God treated Adam, God wanted Adam to treat Eve. God is love. God gives us love. In our relationship, guess what? Don't tell nobody. We got to give love. God is kind. In our relationships, what do we do? We ought to give kindness. God is forgiving. I don't care what anybody does to you. I don't care what anybody said to you. As a Christian and as a child of God, just as God forgave us for Christ's sake, you and I ought to forgive others because God has forgiven us. God is patient. Lord, help me in that area. You know I need all the patience I can get. You ought to be patient with others. God is genuine. God is, God is loyal. God is true. I, I, I like this one here. God is genuine. In the church, you need to be genuine. You need to be loyal. You, you need to be true. God is loyal. God is true. God is genuine to us. Therefore, we need to what? Be genuine to each other. I was listening to, um, I listen to a whole lot of down south rap music. I'm not too fond of all that other stuff, but I listen to a lot of down south rap music. I like the West Coast too. You like the West Coast, Sister Perry? No. You, you don't like the West Coast. Huh? I like them. I like them. They, you know, they... They're genuine, true, loyal. Scarface was, was being interviewed, uh, interviewing Jay Prince. Y'all know who that is? But they're all from Houston. And one of the things that Scarface, who was part of the Ghetto Boys, was talking about the loyalty and the genuineness of Jay Prince. And how Jay Prince came up in the game, you street talk, and, and how he got to where he is now. It's because he was genuine. He stayed true regardless. He didn't rat on anybody. He stayed true. And in the church, we need members to stay true, genuine, loyal to each other. God is giving. You ought to be giving. Some people are so tight, they squeak when they walk. Nothing can go out, nothing can never come in. If you are not in the business of blessing others, don't expect the blessings to come into your life. I want you to know God is giving, therefore you and I must be giving. God is merciful. You need to learn how to practice mercy. On people compassionate God says if you are merciful uh, uh, here God says mercy is going to come blessed are the merciful <laughs> for they shall obtain God is compassionate be compassionate to your to your family to your to your friends God is considerate of others be be considerate it's so easy to downplay to talk about criticize and critique the lifestyle of others because we have failed to consider our own selves. 
The same way God gives to us is the same practice we give to others. We can give to others because the Lord so liberally, freely gives to us. As a matter of fact, he gives to us, he gives to us uh, so we can practice on each other. Why do you think he gave you to me and me to you? Practice. Jesus says it. John 13, 34, 35. He says, a new commandment I give unto you. That you, what is it, Lord? Love one another. Just as I have loved you. And he says, by this will all men know that you are my disciples. If conditional, you have love one for another. Church, Hollywood, be loyal to each other. Be true to each other. Be genuine to each other. Practice on each other daily. If there were a time that the church and the world can use the love of God, that time is now. God's love described is like water. Water. You can give me a cup of water because God has poured water into you so you can pour out that same water to others God is a well and his well runs deep and his water living water never runs dry God will always pour himself into you that you can pour out into this world church you can't give what you don't have you can't give what you don't have. For instance, if it's a sake three times, you can't give what you don't have. I don't care how hard you try. I don't care how hard you try. You, you, you cannot put out what's not inside. Too many people who are, too many people are in a struggling, paralyzing, crippling, debilitating, relationship don't realize that what they need from the other persons in the relationships of life the other person cannot provide therefore leaving you confused and frustrated because the other person can't provide what you so desperately need it's like trying to withdraw money from a bank, but you never made any deposits. You want love, but they can't give love because no one ever deposited love inside of them. You want to give and take relationship, but the other person knows how only to take. They can't give what they don't have. You say, I apologize often, but they never say any type of apology because it was never a common practice or teaching in their home. Women say, he won't love me. She says, he's not nourishing enough to me. He doesn't know how to be affectionate to me. Men say, men say she, she doesn't know how to affirm my manhood and don't know how to affirm my headship. She doesn't appreciate my worth and doesn't appreciate my work. He don't know how to do it. Uh-huh. He says she, she can't, she don't know how to be a woman. She says he don't know how to be a man. He, he doesn't know how to treat no women. He, she don't know how to treat no man. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't put out what someone hasn't put into you. Men and women need to be taught how to love like God. You don't just go in the water and come out and you love like God. There 
are people who get baptized who still hate folk. There are people who get baptized and they still smoke crack. There are people who get baptized who are still by prostitutes on the corner. There are people who get baptized who will still have premarital sex. There are people who get baptized and who will still live like they are in the world. Why? Because you got to be taught how to live like Jesus. The problem with some people in the church, they won't come to church, they won't come to Bible class long enough, strong enough for anybody to teach them how to live like Jesus. Y'all ain't got to say amen. It's, heaven in, it's right in heaven and it's right down here on the earth. Brothers and sisters, you got you to gotta be taught how to love. You, you got to be taught how to love so we can practice God's love on each other. You don't believe me? Just go to Titus 2 when you got time. Titus says there, God wanted Titus to teach the older sisters, to teach the younger sisters how to love their husbands, how to love their children. Woo! See, it's not that the women or the men doesn't want to love. They just don't know how. He or she wants to apologize, but they don't know how. They, they really want to give love, but they don't know how. They really want to be a good head, but they don't know how. She really wants to be submissive, but she doesn't know how. You cannot do if it never was done to you. The whole world. Point number two, are to experience the love of God. I say from time to time that worship is an experience with God, and it is. There's no experience like the worship of God when it is done in honesty, sincerity, and in truth. Experience the love of God will change your life. When you, when you, Stop long enough and take a real good look at yourself. And you will come to the conclusion that you're ugly. Ooh, I know you think you're all that in a bag of ruffles. But really we ain't nothing but big bag of sour creams and onions. When you really look at yourself. Really look at yourself. You will see that you ought to be thankful every day for the love that God has extended to us down here on the earth. We are ugly creatures. And it took God himself to be incarnated in man flesh that he might save us from our ugliness. Experience the love of God because what you didn't get in your house, God makes available in his house. <laughs> Some say I didn't have a good father. Ooh. I didn't have a caring mother. I didn't have a family that, that shared with each other. God will provide you and his family with women who will be caring mothers in the church for you. God will provide men in your life who will be good fathers to you in the church so you can become what he desire for all of us to become. And that is to exemplify the love of an all-loving, forgiving, and giving God. God will give himself to you. God will give himself to you. And in the class we teach on Tuesday nights with the Parkview Church Drive, uh, church in Monroe, you know, God will give himself to you. Christ gave himself for the church. He gave, he gave all of himself. And with submission, that's the thing for Tuesday. With submission, what woman would not want to put herself underneath the headship of a man 
who will give her everything he got. It's easy for women to be submissive when man is in his place, in his position. And he does everything like Christ did for the church. He gave himself for it. That's deep, Sister Brock. He nourishes it. He takes care of it like a garden. He keeps the rodents out. Woo! He, he, he waters it that the garden flourishes. And when others come around, they check out your garden because you fertilize your stuff. What woman would not give herself to a man who causes her to flourish? She submits. Ooh, daddy, where we going today? Because I know you're going to lead me in the right way. If I, end, if I travel with you, where, young ladies, where will I end up? And if my daughter ever get married, I'll tell her, you ask that joker. Where is our destination? If he cannot provide you with a clear, transparent destination, you ain't marrying him. I need to know where you're going to take me and everything that comes with me. We need to know ahead of time where we be's going. Mm. Whew. I want you to know God will give us all of him. The devil lied in the garden. God wouldn't try to hold out on Adam and Eve. He was trying to keep them in fellowship. And the devil will work hard on you women and on you men. And he'll try to get you out of fellowship with God. God will give all of us to him by the word of God. God will give all of us, all of him to us. He will put himself by us reading the word, practicing the word of God on one another. Practice on those in your house. You, your, first, your first test is in your house. Can you love the people in your house? Can you love the person next to you? Can you love the person at the dinner table? Can you love the person in the living area? Can you love the people at your house? Why is it that we try to love everybody else on the job, in the church, in the neighborhood, and we're mistreating the folk in our house? Preach, Brother Bills. We try to look good in the face of everybody else, but we ugly in the face of the people who live in our house. Practice on those on your job. God will give you himself by his spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Man, I tell you, if it wouldn't be for the Holy Ghost, I tell you, I, I would have jumped on a man. Don't look at me like that. You would have to. The Holy Spirit will restrain you. When you want to attack, he'll restrain you. It's like a horse with a bridle. And he'll say, whoa, whoa, whoa. But everything in you wants to attack. But the Holy Spirit well, talk to you. You say, don't do it. It ain't worth it. Think about your future. Think about your family. Think about how people will speak against your God. Don't, don't do it. How people will talk about the church. Don't, don't do it. The Holy Ghost, thank God for the Holy Spirit. He, he, was, he restrains you. Now, yes, sometimes we quench the Spirit. Mm-hmm. He tried to help us, but we ain't trying to listen. 
Sometimes we grieve him. We do stuff that hurts him. But thank God that, he, that he's in us, helping us to be like God. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit by way of baptism. We will receive the fruit of the Spirit. Woo, thank God for patience and, and temperance and, and love and, and meekness. Thank, thank God for those things. We would be like old Saul. We would be a deranged wild man out of control when the spirit is not in us. We would be surrounded by others who can show us an environment of God's love in the church. Women try God's unlimited love. Men try God's unlimited affirmation. Closing now, life, life is about giving. Life is about giving. Life is about giving. When was the last time you gave somebody something? And did not expect anything in return. When the last time you gave somebody something, here, here, that's for you. Oh, man, you didn't have to do that. Oh, yes, I did. Here, 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 go ahead. Take, take, take. Go ahead, buy, buy, buy. Go ahead and buy him, some, buy him what he needs. Here's, 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 here's a hundred dollar bill. Just, just go ahead. I, what, what was that for? Just, just use it, you know, go, go ahead. When you invited somebody over to your house, when the last time you invited somebody over? When you took somebody over, if you don't want them at your house, take them out to a restaurant. When did you ever give time? You probably don't have the money. Time, service to your community. When will you try to help aid and assist somebody else and you didn't say, I'm looking for something in return. But no, no, no. God has been so good to me. Therefore, I want to give of myself to others. Life is about giving. If you're not giving, you're not living. If you're not giving, you're dead. If you're not given, you're lost. If you're not given, you are missing the big picture. And it says God's love is real. And it should be exemplified in our lives. Who better most should give than the children of the most high God? Life is, life is about giving. Life is about giving. The question was asked, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus says to love thy God. He said, love, love thy God, the greatest. What is the greatest? Love, love, love thy God. With all. <laughs> and I could have shot, just love him with all that you got. All your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your might. Love him. Because when you start with God, you end up with God. And when you start with God, you end up with God and you take care of everything in between God's beginning and God's ending with your relationship with God. Give. Because God gave freely to us. The greatest is to love the Lord with all your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your might. All your strength, love him. And then he says, and then he says, Jesus, Jesus says the second. He said the second is, is likened to it. He says, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. That sounds good, but until he tell him the rest of it. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. That's, that's, that's where the problem comes in. Okay, Lord, I can love my neighbor, but wait a minute. You say love him like I love myself? Where, where, where do I come into this? Where, when do I have time for me? Love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Uh, <laughs> you ought to ask yourself, you know, where's, where's my relationship with God? You, you ought to ask, ask yourself, 
Where's my relationship with my creator? You know, but shows the Bible says it is more blessed. I got to sit down on this one because I'll jump on that second row. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. The feeling you get when you give somebody, whatever it is you're giving them, God says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. In other words, God is saying this. It is, it is a better feeling, even though you lack and you are in need, and that feeling you get when you receive because you lack and you are in need of something. He says the feeling you get when you give to somebody else is greater than the feeling you get when you receive something and you are in need. Imagine how it made heaven feel when God gave us Jesus. Though we were lacking and we needed him, we felt great. But imagine how it made God feel. God said, it's more blessed hmm. <laughs> to give than it is to receive. How is your relationship with God? That's a personal question. How is your relationship with God? Are you true to God? Are you, are you real with God? You walk around, keep it real, keep it real. Man, God is the realest person in this universe. Can't nobody keep it real like him. Are you loyal to God? Are you genuine? Are you, are you true? Because he is to us. You will never catch God slipping. And all God, oof. You will never catch him slipping. Church, the reason Christ died for the world is that the world might see God through the church by way of Christ. The world will know who you are by your what? Love. Is your relationship sick with God? Is it sick? Is it healthy? Is it okay? Does it need any work? Is it on life support? How is your relationship with your God? Well, if it's, it's not what it ought to be, God has given you this day to get it where it needs to be. If you understood what I said this morning, if you heard the glorious gospel of our Lord, which is to save mankind, if you believe that God is true, you're willing to say, I'm, I'm willing to, to put aside this world and I want to practice the things of God. I'm willing to turn my life. I, I want to confess Jesus is the son of the living God. Then you can be baptized this morning for the remission of your sins. Today, you can become a part of the family of God. If you are a child of God and you need some, 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 some adjustments in your life, you, you need to be the one who, who stands up and say, I have sinned. 
If you need to be the one to say, I stand in need of prayer, and if you don't say you need prayer, then I stand in need right now, and I say, you pray for me. If nobody else asks for prayers today, then you know that when we pray, somebody better pray for Viltz. Because I always stand in need of prayers of the righteous man. And I want you all to know today, Jesus gave himself for us that we might have eternal life and have it more abundantly. Whatever you need this day, I, I, I hope and pray you say, I'm going to get mine. Because Jesus provided me with that right. We're going to stand and we're going to sing the invitation song. And we're going to ask, why don't you come to Jesus? Why don't you come to Jesus? As together we stand and together we sing the invitation song. Mm, free.